0: good morning everybody good to be here isn't it on a long weekend wouldn't you rather be here than traveling around Australia or traveling around the world or going on big holidays and that sort of stuff of course rather be here (laughs) well we are moving on a little bit Um, you will remember that last week we uh, talked a little bit about the nature of our society and what's happening in our community and began to think just a little bit about how we're going to cope with that and how we're going to manage ourselves to be able to cope with a society that is changing so rapidly and so dramatically. Uh, And I I put to you that there are, in fact, uh, two kingdoms in which we can live. Uh, The first is this world that we live in now, and the majority of people in this world don't know about another kingdom. But there is another kingdom... And when we become disciples of Jesus Christ, then we move into an understanding of the new kingdom. And I want to put it to you that living in this kingdom, living according to the rules of this kingdom, helps us and equips us to to live in this one. But we need to be prepared to say to ourselves, I am determined about belonging to this kingdom, I am a disciple of this kingdom. My task in life is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and a servant of the living God. That's what I'm here for. When I learn what it means to live in this one, then I can live in this one. Because the one who guides this one controls this one too. Let me read to you first of all from Isaiah uh, and um, then we'll we'll, uh, have a look at Matthew. Matthew. This is what Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, let's go up to the mountain of God, to the house of God. He will teach us his ways. He will walk in, we will walk in his paths. The Lord will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge the nations and will settle disputes for many, many people. The Lord is setting up a kingdom and it's noted in the Old Testament in its formative form where God is slowly but surely putting together a kingdom which we are going to be able to recognise in due course. And we recognise it in due course because that's when the king comes. When the king comes, we recognize the kingdom. We'll talk about that in a moment. And so let's read from Matthew chapter four, beginning at verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went on and lived in Capernaum, which was taken, which was by the land in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet land of zebulun and land of naphtali the way to the sea along the jordan galilee of the gentiles the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death a light has dawned from that time on the beginning of his ministry jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven is here let me just give you a little quick note there the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of god are the same term Uh, Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven because he's writing to Jews and when you write to Jews you don't use the name of God. So you use a word that says pretty much the same thing but doesn't mean the name of God is being used. So the kingdom of God, what are we talking about? Well, we are saying to ourselves that in the marvels of this age... With all of the things that are happening in our age, with all the wonders that are happening, with all of the AI that's starting to change our society dramatically, happiness and security is further removed than ever before. There is a desperate insecurity in our world now. There is a a feeling of uh, out of control, out of balance, I don't know where it's going, the the house is suddenly costing me more, I don't know where it's... Happiness and security is diminishing. The condition of our world begs serious questions about humanity. What kind of person would declare war on Ukraine? What kind of person would declare war on all of Europe if it wasn't for Hitler? What kind of humanity have we got? That that show on TV that we see, uh, Summit, you know, the the things they say... the rules of this world don't apply anymore and people turn into animals? Absolutely correct. What is the purpose of human existence? People come up with all sorts of different answers. Uh, Plato came up with the idea of the Republic. It's the ideal state where he came up with all of his characteristics about what you should do and human beings, if they did that, would be fine. Then there was Calvin in the city of Geneva. Calvin was a theologian and in Geneva of his day, he was appointed to be the mayor and he put in place what he thought was the Christian city, which is all very well, of course, but people weren't Christians. So they had no capacity to live according to the characteristics of the kingdom. There's the uh, French Revolution. Vive la liberty. Civil war and unrest, many, many murders. Then, of course, there's Jonesville. Here's the answer. yeah. Various cults around the place, Pol Pot, Syrian African dictators and so it goes on. These are the guys who say they know about human existence and they know how it ought to happen. The Hebrew Christian faith is not, however, built on any of those notions about what happens in this living world. It expresses hope in the terms of the Kingdom of God. A totally different entity which coexists actually with the world physical order in which we live if you want to have a look at isaiah 2 4 and 11 6 you'll find it described there then came jesus suddenly things change and they change because jesus comes and says repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand and he says the kingdom of heaven is at hand because he is the king of the kingdom he is the one who brings to us the reality of the kingdom Matthew 4 17. The theme of the coming of the kingdom is central to his mission that's what he's come for he's saying now I have come to release the captives now I have come to set the people free. The evidence in Jesus' behavior About that freedom and I I need to say this some people say well if you want me to come into the kingdom of God where God rules in my life surely I'm giving up my freedoms surely I'm I'm leaving behind the freedoms of my humanity and stepping into a control situation where God dominates well for those of us who have been in this kingdom long enough you will know that the reverse is true to move into this kingdom is to move into a location of absolute freedom. To, loo- to move into this kingdom is to move into a place where the characteristics of God in action have to do with love, generosity, mercy, grace, peace. That's what that kingdom's like. So don't kid yourself and say, if I move, if I lose my own personal freedom by going to this kingdom, I, I'm, I'm going to be lost. No, it's the reverse. And his teaching. He talks about how men might enter the kingdom. Now I've got all sorts of texts here for you, I'm not going to be able to read them all out but I wanted you to know know the reference for them in the scriptures. I have not made them up, they are directly from the scriptures. In his teaching how people might enter the kingdom of God, in his works he proved that the kingdom had come, he did God type things. Human beings couldn't recognize what was happening because Jesus came brought with him the characteristics of his his nature and began to do those things in this this world over here. And god type things began to happen in the human world. In his teaching, in the parables that he spoke, he illustrates the truths of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like and begins to demonstrate what happens in, in the kingdom. In The Lord's prayer starts off, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, here we've got two kingdoms. And we who are the disciples of Jesus Christ in this kingdom need to perceive the reality of the disciplines that are associated with living in this kingdom and recognise that under the control of the almighty God, we manage to live in the world no matter how hard and no matter how difficult the circumstances are or are going to be. So what is the kingdom? Well, you know, King Charles has a kingdom, doesn't he? Is that what it means? Well, no. It's present. Now, the kingdom is a a present reality. It's here with us in a spiritual sense, not in a physical sense. Righteousness and peace and joy, fruits of the spirit for those who yield their lives to Jesus. That's all there. A realm into which the followers of Jesus have already entered, that's to say, when we make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, that is the entry point for us into the kingdom of God. And into the kingdom of God, then we are disciples and we obviously commit ourselves to the disciplines of the, of the ministry itself. So, that's, that's happening in the present, but it's also a future kingdom. The kingdom is an inheritance which God will bestow on his people when Christ comes. So it's now and not yet, but will be soon. It's both. Now we see through a cloud darkly, then we will see face to face. It's already here, but not complete. A future realm which we must enter when Christ returns. Peter, 2 Peter 1.11 it's a present reality, it's true to those of us who belong in Matthew 12 an inner spiritual redemptive blessing knowing that God himself works in us, it's now, it happens now, Romans fourteen seventy experienced only by way of the new birth, John 3.3 3. and realm men enter now, women enter now come into now but it's a future blessing. 1 Corinthians 15.50 It will have to do with the government of the nations which is what I just read from Isaiah. It will do with God controlling everything that's going on in our world and those the whole world will bow before him and they will proclaim him as the Lord and the Master in due course. A realm they will enter tomorrow. What well, there's a fundamental question that comes out of this and it's this, what is the meaning of kingdom? Is it like Ching- King Charles' kingdom? Well, so far as the scripture is concerned it's not that. It has to do, let's look at some of the possibilities. Uh, it's a state. Kingdom of God has got physical boundaries, it's a dominion, it's a, you know, England and Wales and uh, Northern Ireland and Scotland that's the kingdom, the kingdom of United Kingdom it's called. Is that it? No. Is it the subjects over whom the king and the queen rule? Are we the kingdom because God rules over us? Not quite. The New Testament meaning is the rank, the authority and the sovereignty exercised. The kingdom of God is where God has authority to rule. You with me? There are some people in this world who have not given God authority to rule So he doesn't rule in their lives. There are those who have given God authority to rule in their lives, and he does. The authority to rule, the sovereignty of the king himself, his right to rule in our lives. Some examples there, Luke 9, 11 to 12, a man of noble birth went to a far country to have himself appointed king. He got appointed king and then came back and said, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Herod the Great in 40 BC. The kingdom of God is his rule, it's his authority, it's his right to rule and we give him his right to rule when we come to faith in him. So he rules over us. Mark 10, 15, receive the kingdom as little children. What is received? What is received? God's rule God's right to have authority in my life God's right to be able to tell me what the world is about and when I give him the authority to speak into my life to explain to me what the world is about that's what he does he says to me as I think I said to you last week come dance with me allow the Holy Spirit to be your partner in the dance of life And as we go along, I will tell you, I will explain to you, I will guide you, I will keep you. Luke 12, seek ye first his kingdom. That's the key for us. If we're going to cope with this world of ours, which is turning out to be so disastrous at the moment, then the place to be is in this kingdom. Because in this kingdom, the master rules. Seek what? What? Well, God's sway, God's rule, God's reign in our lives. Come to him and say, Lord, would you have authority over me? Would you show me what to do? That's the way through. Matthew 6, 14, your kingdom come. It's the Lord's prayer. What's coming? This is a petition for God to reign. And this is a petition that you and I take to him and say to him, Lord, will you reign in my life? Now, I want to say to you this morning... But this is not just some spiritual or religious idea. Many, many people take it that way. I, I understand the idea, I understand what's going on, I know the truth about that, everything's fine. It's not just that because it doesn't mean anything unless we do it. It doesn't mean anything unless we're prepared to sell our lives out for Jesus and begin to live in that kingdom with his guiding and his control over our lives. And this is the way forward. This is the way forward in a world that's changing dramatically. This is the way forward for a church that's looking for a new senior pastor. This is the way forward. Go to the master and say, Lord, tell me, what's the next step? We will be obedient in the process. There can be no reigning unless there's a realm kingdom of God is the realm of the age to come it is the future yet the kingdom is here it's present now how can this be well the king has himself has invaded our time he has come and he has ruled in this world and he has now brought and showed to us all of the possibilities of life itself how do we perceive this kingdom first of all it's a spiritual reality it is not a physical reality though things happen in the physical world that are The experience of the spiritual reality. He runs, guides, keeps, looks after, he heals, he he takes us on. This is the path, walk in it. This personal relationship with him becomes the standard of our life that means we have the capacity to live in the world that's happening around us. We need to be born into that spiritual reality. Nicodemus says, You need to be born again. Where do we find the reality of the kingdom? in jesus in jesus is the presence of the kingdom in jesus himself the man the god man is the presence of the kingdom of god he brings with himself all of the characteristics of the kingdom and when we look at jesus we see the one who rules the kingdom and we discover that he rules the kingdom in totally different ways to the people of our world he is not a pol pot he's not a syrian dictator he is not a hitler What he does is to get down on the ground and get his knees dirty with the poor and those who struggle comes alongside he says to people I love you my kingdom is about love my kingdom is about caring for you my kingdom is about enjoying the freedom of my presence and my my activity for you my kingdom is about protecting you from the circumstances of this world two examples The Pharisees looked for a military Messiah. The Jewish condition was that he would come and chuck the Romans out and as he threw out the Romans, uh, then the Jews would be able to take over and they would rule supremely. Jesus, no, 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 no. The kingdom of God has not got anything to do with military. It has to do with what's in your heart and your preparedness to be aligned with God himself, to be the disciples of discipline. Luke 2, the kingship reveals the king. What about the presence of the king now? Well, the expansion of the kingdom, the expansion of Jesus. When he takes over a person's life, that person is an extension of the kingdom. When he lives in his life in the local church, that fellowship becomes an expression of the kingdom. And that's what life is supposed to be about here. We're not supposed to be heroes here. We're supposed to be disciples who hold hands together and work towards the truth and the reality of the kingdom of God, and He uses us in our world to speak into our world, to be the, the, the light in our world, to be the, 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 the voice of love in our world. The distinguishing feature is the life of fullness, is the life of the control of the king. How do we live our practical lives in the kingdom now? Well, the Holy Spirit is our guarantor. Come dance with me. The Holy Spirit has come into our lives and Jesus says, he has come into into your life, I will go now, I need to go back to my Father, but I will leave one with you who carries all of my authority, has the capacity to come back to me talk to me about you and I will talk to him about you and I will, since you have now intertwined yourself with his spirit, I will be the one who guides you into all truth. The spirit of God will take us back to Jesus every time. The Spirit of God will guide our lives and he will enable us to make decisions that we didn't think were entirely possible. Give your life over to him and you suddenly discover you're going places, you're doing things and you're wondering about life in the ways that you had never dreamt of before. And I have to tell you from my own experience, he takes you on a journey that you would never have thought of. Places that you go, things that you do, you would never have thought of. But he does it over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit is Jesus with us. Life in the kingdom is totally of the spirit and by the spirit. Life in the kingdom means that I enter into a relationship with Jesus in which he combines himself with my spirit and then moves us on into the things of his kingdom that he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. See, when we talk to somebody about Jesus, and that person begins to feel and think, uh, remember that sh- uh, DVD we had just a moment about the, uh, about the, the, from Sydney? Uh, we talked here, we talked there. Suddenly four people came in. What happened then? That was the extension of the kingdom. The kingdom is extended. The spiritual world is extended. So there is a sense in which these two kingdoms live and over overlap with one another. And there is, of course, at times, therefore, the conflict of the kingdoms, the clash of the kingdoms, where Satan tries to take over what Jesus is doing and gets his head knocked in. We need to understand what's going on and we need to understand in this battle here in this world what our authority is. Who do we call upon? What weapons do we use? Do we we have our own machine guns in the back basement? No. The The major weapon, the major weapon is prayer. Major weapon is where we... and talk to the master and he shows us the way through tells us what to do there are other things as well maybe we'll talk about them later on now uh, what i'm wanting to say to you is with a world that's changing so dramatically and so differently there is no stability in this world we will be rocking all over the place over the next couple of years at least in this world there is certainty there is foundation there is reality there is truth But we need to step into this world as believers in Jesus Christ and determine that that is where we're going to live, not there. That our life is spent understanding what it means to live in this kingdom and in that process, he, the king, will look after that kingdom for us. It's an important, significant idea. And we need to grasp it not just simply as a theological idea, a spiritual idea, but as the behaviour that we bring to our belonging. Let me pray. Father God, we pray that you would show us the way through this, that it helps to understand that it's not just simply a matter of sitting in church and and listening to ideas and and being excited about the the nature of your dwelling in our lives and guiding us and keeping us. But when it comes to the uh, nuts and bolts, when it comes to the travelling the road, It is a practice of life that we need to get into. Father, we pray that you would help us to move into this practice and therefore have authority in this physical world in which we live now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.